All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for um, the ability to broadcast the word live. Um, thank you for this church. Thank you for the word. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for uh, a new and living hope that we have because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, I thank you, Lord, and uh, amen. Amen. So John 3, born again, again, again. It's a little play on words there because in the past, you know, people would say, well, is it once saved, always saved, or is it born again, 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 again? So I'm not going to be getting into that. I just want to start talking about what is Jesus talking about in John 3 when he's talking about you must be born again in order to see, in order to perceive the kingdom of God. And then he says, in order to even enter into the kingdom of God, you must be born again. So, uh, yeah, to give some background on this, um, you know what, what I want to do? I just want to read it real quick. I like reading the scriptures because uh, a lot of people, they probably never even read this passage. But uh, John 3 says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Real quick, when you see that word born again, it can also be translated, a lot of Bibles have it in the footnotes, or born from above. Born again, born from above. They're saying, they can say the same thing, just, just gives it a little bit more nuance. Because um, sometimes you'll, you'll hear it in a, in a sentence and, and it'll be more, it'll be better to use born from above than born again. And sometimes it's better to use born again. But um, yeah, most Greek scholars would say it should be translated born from above nine times out of ten but anyway Nicodemus said unto him how can a man be born when he is old can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born Jesus answered poor Nicodemus oh, man. <laughs> he answered verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born of water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Real quick, all that, all that means is that which is of man is of man, and that which is of God is of God. We don't have to get all hyper-spiritual about these terms. Um, he says, uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said to thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, or the spirit bloweth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell where it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? 
And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but, the, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I want to I want y'all to remember that. I'm gonna try to come back to that because it's kind of a weird that verse being in this line of thinking. It's kind of like it seems like it's out of place, but I'm gonna show you um, with the context. It says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved or discovered. But he that doth the truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. So that's the whole conversation right there. I know we don't usually want to read the whole conversation. We get stuck on a man must be born again, and we forget the context of what's actually going on here. Um, all right, so I want to just take it back from the top. So what's going on here? Um, Nicodemus is a, as a master of Israel, he's one of the leaders of Israel, one of the leaders in the Sanhedrin. He's a Pharisee. So he comes to Jesus by night and he says, you know, I know that you are a ruler. I know that you come from God because no man can do these things. And then Jesus essentially doesn't even respond to what Nicodemus says. And he just comes right out and says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So we have Jesus... Now, just think about this scenario in your in your mind here. We have a Pharisee of Pharisees. I mean, you want to talk about a holy man? You want to talk about somebody who was smart? We we don't even have intelligence like this guy had nowadays. But this guy, I mean, a Pharisee, they started to memorize Leviticus at four years old. Four years old. He knew the whole Old Testament by memory, by heart, backwards and forward. And Jesus basically tells this guy that he must be born anew. You must begin again. He's telling this guy, look, I know you think you know God, but you must be born again. You must be born from above. You must be born anew. <laughs> I mean, imagine saying that to a, a ruler of the Pharisees. You must be born anew. You must begin again. And so Nicodemus, he can't even comprehend what Jesus is trying to say. How can a man be born when he is old? And Jesus comes back. And so first he tells him, unless a man is born again, he cannot see or perceive the kingdom of God. 
He cannot understand the kingdom of God unless a man is born again. Nicodemus says, how can this be? Jesus comes right back and he basically says the same thing in different words. He says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That verse is the same as the other verse. It's just it's just more nuanced to what it means to be born of the spirit. Um, he says that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, that's a very mysterious verse. No one really knows what that means. Everybody has commentaries on it. What does it mean to be born of the water? What does it mean to be born of the spirit? Is it talking about the same thing? To be born of the water is to be born of the spirit? Or are these two, two different things? Um, right, so... I want to get into this born, this born language. I want to read y'all some definitions. Do a little Bible study here. So that word born, it literally speaks of um, the language is, is very similar to what it means to be a father to somebody. To, to be born again or to be born from above would be for, for to be produced or brought forth or excited, animated from above. That's what that word born would mean. The definition, you could say, um, um, to be born is to be produced or brought into life. In the Greek, it, it speaks of an engendering, an excitement, an a animating. Um, so to engender could just mean to produce, to cause to exist, to cause to bring forth. So looking in this passage, Nicodemus is perplexed by Jesus. He's saying, I'm a master of the law, yet I see something in you that is bringing forth a life in you that can only be explained that it comes from God. We don't, I mean, Nicodemus was at the pinnacle, the height, of what it meant to be holy according to the flesh. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. And Jesus comes walking like a hippie with this life, and Nicodemus can't even understand it. But to be born again, um, that word also speaks of uh, impreg to impregnate something. Um, listen to this, to infuse particles of one thing into another. And that's what the word father in the Greek, that's what it talks about. It talks about one who has infused his own spirit into others who actuates and governs their minds. Mm. A person's animated by the spirit as himself. So a father is someone who animates his children with the spirit and life that he has in himself. So, what I want to try to do though, because I have so much stuff on this, it's hard to even really begin, but I don't want to assume what this born again thing or this born from above thing is really talking about. Because all through John, even through the New Testament, they're using the same language. And so we don't have to wonder 
is this something new? Is this something different? Look, for many years we came out, I, I came out, I was brought up at first in like a word of faith, a spirit, soul, and body, a, a law of grace. And under this spirit, soul, and body teaching, that's how you define John 3. Born again is you had a, you, you had a sin nature, and now you need a new spirit. You need to be born again with a new spirit that is of God. And it's this mystical thing. It, it's really, there's no, there's no psychology really attached to it. It's just this, the spirit of God is now inside of you. And that which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. You have to be born. You need a new born again spirit. And that teaching never, I mean, at first it sounds great, but then you start to read John 3 more. And Jesus is talking about as Moses was lifted as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And it throws the context all out of whack. And you're like, so what is really going on here? So, but it's crazy because when you think you know what this is saying, and you're looking at it from like a spirit, soul, and body teaching, you can't, that's all you can see in the passage. You will fight your, you will fight your understanding of this to the death because this is what it says. And then, you know, that kind of changed into an interpretation about this is talking about um, you need a resurrected body, you know. And then you start to read this passage in the light of he has to be talking about a resurrection body. You need a resurrection body in order to see you perceive the kingdom of God or enter into the kingdom of God. Now, make no mistake, we do need our bodies to be clothed upon with immortality but this is prior to Jesus's resurrection are we going to say he wasn't seeing and perceiving the kingdom of God you know of course Jesus Jesus was the first man that was born from above his life was animated from above he was the word from above made flesh and so you know he saw, he perceived the kingdom of God. And, um, but, uh, yeah, let's go to John 1. Because uh, I want to use the scriptures to define what this language is talking about. But look at John 1. This ain't the first time he's talked about born. He, this ain't the first time he's used that language in John. In John 1, he said, John 1, um, John 1, 12. It says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That right there is defining what it means to be born. This is what Nicodemus couldn't perceive. He couldn't understand this. Jesus is saying, um, as many as received him, to them gave he power to be born as the sons of God, to be animated from above, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood. Nicodemus was steeped in that you had to be a Jew in order to enter into the reign of God. You had to be a Jew. Jesus is saying, no, you don't have to be a Jew. It's not about being born of blood. Nicodemus couldn't understand this. 
He couldn't understand these things. Imagine you, you have that mindset and you get to John 3.16 and Jesus is saying, for God so loved the world. The world, not the Jews, not just the Jews. God does love the Jews, but God so loved the world. So this concept, I mean, we put, we put faith in our everyday lives, in our stock, our heritage, where we come from, you know. We live in Louisiana. We have pride in that. But to be born of God has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with being born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It has nothing to do with the things that we can attain unto life. It has nothing to do with... Um, our strength or, or what we can produce in this world in order to justify our lives in this earth. And you see, that's what Nicodemus essentially was doing with the laws of Moses and with the, the Old Testament system. The Pharisees, they were trying to work the law of Moses in order for them to be justified before God, in order to them to attain unto the reign of God. And Jesus is saying it has nothing to do with you bringing forth or producing the life of God. It's not according to the will of man. You can't will, you can't will yourself to be animated by God. It's never going to happen. The animation that comes from God comes from you um, seeing God in the face of Jesus. That's where the animation comes from. It comes from when we start to, to no longer um, judge our lives in this earth by, um, by the death in this world or, or by what we do or what we get in this world, but we start to judge our lives in this world by the man Jesus Christ and what he did for us. But I want to get into that. But look, was not Jesus born not of blood? I mean, he was a Jew, but did he put his trust in his Jewishness? Was he not a man that was not born, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God? Amen. I think he was. So, um, so let's go back here. John 3. I want to give you all a couple of different ways to look at this. So when he's saying... In verse John 3, 5, he's saying, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter in the, into the kingdom of God. So a lot of people take that and they, they want to say that that's talking about Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36, where, um, where this is what it says. Remember, born of the water and of the Spirit. Or some, some in the Greek, you, it could say born of the water, even the spirit, the way you could translate that. I've also found some other stuff, but let's do this first. And so he says in Ezekiel 36, 25, God's talking. There's a whole long context, but just for the sake of, the, of time, says, Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you. And ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols while I cleanse you. That's what we just were reading in John 1.12. Not born of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor 
of the works of man's hands. God is going to clean us from having to justify our own lives. He's going to clean us from our idols in this world. He says, um, and a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues. That's the born language right there. I'm going to animate you with a spirit that will cause you to walk in the way of everlasting. I will sprinkle clean water on you. I will put a new heart in you, even a new spirit. I will take out your old heart. I, I want to talk about this right here. What is the old heart of man? What is the old heart of man? See, in the spirit, soul, and body revelation, essentially you had a sin nature and you needed that sin nature to come out of you and you needed now a new spirit, right? Well, the terminology, you know, I, I just totally... I had to scrap that, that, that whole thing in order to start to see what the scriptures are really saying. Because if you're still busy with that, you're not going to understand the language of the scriptures. Because they don't speak in those terms. That's a very Greek, um, platonic way of using those terms. But a spirit essentially is just a word or it's an animating principle, right? So what happened in the fall was death came into the world and that death because of sin darkened man's minds and understanding it darkened their heart so the it wasn't the heart of man that was perverted but it was the belief and the darkness that was in the heart of man that got perverted so man was always had the capacity to believe unto the truth but because of the death that was in the earth and darkening our understanding making our eye blind we couldn't see God for who he was. We re our lives were reasoned from the death and the corruption in the world instead of the life that God had promised man from the beginning. So man was essentially, well, we were walking in darkness. We were walking after idols. We were walking in this world trying to justify our own lives and essentially be our own gods in this earth. We thought God commanded us to be fruitful and multiply. So... A new heart would, you could put it like this, because of the death of Adam and, and the wisdom of the serpent that came in through Adam, all men were, all men, what does it say, that the asp, uh, um, the wisdom, the, the venom of asp was, was under our tongues. We were all walking in the way of the serpent, right? And, and so to, to receive a new heart is to be cleansed from that wisdom is to be cleansed from Adam's view of God where Adam hid from God because he was ashamed of his nakedness and the new heart would have would be to have a heart in the likeness of Christ Jesus's heart where he saw God was his father where he didn't run from God he wasn't naked or ashamed in front of God he was naked and actually unashamed before God on the cross and so a new heart would just be to be animated with the mind of Christ, to see God as Christ saw God, right? Now, if, you, if your atonement message is that God had to kill Christ in order to love you, you'll never, just, you'll never see what I just said. 
because you, you'll never be able to see that God is the one who saved um, Jesus from the death of the cross. And in doing so, save the, save the world. You'll never be able to, uh, to, to see that God, Jesus was God on the cross, reconciling the world unto himself. Jesus, there was God on the cross um, taking the wages of sin and death into his own body, tasting death for every man that no man should ever have to taste death. And in doing so, he absorbed our death and he came out in the resurrection and he brought forth a new spirit into the world. That's the new heart. That's the new spirit. Um, and that is what will cleanse you from your idols because you will see no longer do I have to shepherd my life and father my life. Just a quick disclaimer, but uh, just to give you, if you don't get nothing else, to be born again, to be born from above, and the most simplest terms is to know God as your father, as the shepherd of your life. That's all it is. It's that simple. It's, it's to know, it's to know uh, that God is your father. And if you don't like that term father, you can say God's your mother, okay? However you want it. Your mother, you father. Some people get twisted up with that. But uh, amen. So that's what they like to say, the water and the spirit. That's what the water is in John 5. And John five, John 3, 5 is saying the same thing as John 3, 3, that you must be born again. He, he just rephrases it. You must be born of the water and the spirit. And so they like to take it to Ezekiel. And there's a lot of prophecies in um, Isaiah talking about that the river of water is going to flow out of the temple of God and give nourishment to the whole earth. And, you know, the scriptures about we've been washed with the water of the word. Some people um, take that to mean that's what that means. And I ain't got no problem with those definitions. But I like to um, I like to stick with uh, the context of the scriptures here. So in studying this out, I was trying to see what was really going on here. And um, in John 3, I, I ran across some stuff. And it, what is happening here in John 3 is Jesus is using Exodus language to Nicodemus the Pharisee in order to explain to him what is really going on here. And so I've already kind of said some of this, but... um. And so look at this, right? And you say, Exodus language. How is this Exodus language? Well, check this out right here. John 2, 23 says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name. And then two verses later says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus that came to Jesus by night. So this is the Passover feast that they are in. This is the middle of the Passover feast. Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night, and that is a uh, that term right there is peppered all through the Exodus story. By night, the children of Israel came out of Egypt by night. He comes to him by night, and and uh, and that's when this dialogue starts to happen. Um, 
something kind of else cool I found about it because I was trying to find things that support this Exodus language and <laughs> and um in John chapter in the beginning of John chapter 2 the first miracle that Jesus did where he turned the water into wine and it says and this was the first of his miracles right what was the first plague in in Egypt do y'all remember the water turned into blood you know that was a judgment against the, the the gods of Egypt they can only ever turn your water into blood into corruption here we have God coming in Jesus and he's turning water into wine into into new wine into the spirit and then he's coming in into Nicodemus and he's he's saying these things and he said you must be born again essentially you must be born again from the the wisdom of Pharaoh from the wisdom of serp of the serpent unto the Christ unto the Messiah unto the wisdom of God which is coming from above you must be born from above you must be born from the truth that you see in my face as that that is God and he's going on and he says verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born of water and of the spirit I looked this up in the um, the Apostolic Bible Polygot, and it says a man must be born out of the water and of the Spirit. That's how it that's how it defines that Greek right there. You might be wondering, what is this? What does that mean? Well, were not the children of Israel born through the waters of the Red Sea? Did not Paul in 1 Corinthians ten say that they all were baptized? under the cloud and under the Red Sea, right? There's a motif all through the scriptures that look at, look at Noah and the waters. The, the waters, all, they don't always represent life. They can represent darkness and chaos, the unknown, right? God formed the earth out. It says the waters without form and chaos and darkness was on the face of the deep. And God formed a good earth out of these waters. In the time of Noah coming along, man had gotten away from the spirit and wisdom of God. And what happened? The waters came back in. But God had prepared an ark, right? And so, and that ark is unto the likeness of Christ that God has prepared for us. And, um, and so you see the waters there. And then you see Peter and um, verse First Peter 3, he's talking about that the waters of Noah, he likens it unto baptism. And he says the same, well, let's just read it since y'all ain't going nowhere until I'm done. So <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm about to wrap this up. This is like a freaking marathon message right here. He says, uh, yeah, First Peter three and it's um right here he says uh while the ark was preparing wherein few that is eight souls were saved by water the light figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us 
the like figure of baptism does also now save us. And so scholars say, you know, some scholars say that he couldn't have been talking to Nicodemus about baptism because the, the, uh, the way they looked at baptism, the Jews didn't look at baptism in that way in the Old Testament. So it was a new, it was a new thing that John came doing, baptizing Jews. Um, but what I'm, what I'm seeing here is it's, it's not the physical act of baptism, but it's what it symbolizes. It's what is representing that you're going into death and you're coming back out the other side into life. That's what it means to be baptized into Christ. You're baptized into his death and what his death means. It's said that Christ was dying to sin on the cross. He was dying to the wisdom of the serpent. He was dying to being justified by blood or the will of the flesh or the will of man. And he was, he came out of the, of the waters because he trusted in God and he was justified in the resurrection. And this is the meaning of the, of the waters. And, and, and that's the same thing Noah did. He trusted in God and, and the ark saved him. The light figure whereunto even baptism does also now save us. The answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so the waters are representing, uh, you see it in uh, Jonah. He goes into the deep and he cries out to God and God saves him after three days. Remember the parable of the seed. Unless a seed goes into the ground and dies and then God can come and take it and then fashion it infuse life into it bring it back from the dead it remains alone ah uh, listen to this let's just keep going john 3 real quick no i want to say this right now romans 6 man this is what he's i gotta read this romans 6 this is what he's saying we're so ignorant of what it means to die with christ He's saying, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, if we be baptized with Christ, um, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died... He died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. That's what it means to be born from above. We have been animated from above. We have been made alive unto God on account of the, the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. You know, the cross represents what the world will serve you with. It will serve you with destruction, you know. And, and that brings us back to, to John 3. So he's telling Nicodemus, look, all the children of Israel were baptized into the Red Sea, but not all the children of Israel went into the Promised Land. You know, all, all mankind have been baptized into the death of Jesus. But not all have been raised and made alive unto God. We must be born from above. Um, John 3. 
Uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, my friend. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Look, go down and, and uh, verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So what was happening in the wilderness? The children of Israel, still the Exodus story. They're in the wilderness by the Red Sea. They're complaining about the manna from heaven, this light bread which is Christ, they're saying there's, there's nothing in, there's no, no, no nourishment. And what happens? And the serpents break forth and start to bite the people. And God tells Moses, take fashion a serpent, a brass serpent, lift it up on the pole, and whosoever looks upon that will be healed from the bite of the serpent. Is that not the Christ? Is that not the cross? Do we not see... Jesus Christ lifted up on the pole from the sin and death of the world. Do we not see that? We see that this is what the wisdom of the serpent pays you with. It pays you with death. And when we, when we see that, we, we, and we believe upon it, we are healed from the bite. We're born out of the sin of Adam into the life of Christ. And... Um, yeah, and one more thing, born of the water and of the Spirit. You know, in the temple, before you could go into the holy place where the bread of life and the tree of life was, you had to go through the bronze laver, which was a sea, basically. It represented the sea. And so the waters represent death that was separating God and man, this death was keeping God from his dream. You see what I mean? And so we needed a Savior who could come, pass through the waters of death, come out the other side, glorified, resurrected by God, in order to restore us and bring us back into union with God. And that's what happened in the cross and in the resurrection. Christ went through death. He went through the waters. He was born out of the waters in the resurrection. And whosoever believeth on him shall be saved. And, and uh, yeah, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Man, I want to say something about that, but it doesn't really go this message. But, uh, I'll say it anyway. God's love was never our problem. <laughs> God always loved the world, you know? We thought we had to, that Jesus had to come and die our punishment away in order for God to love us. <laughs> Let me just say this as blatantly as I can. God does not need Jesus in order to love you. God loved the world before Jesus ever came, you know. God is not looking at you with Jesus' goggles on, you know. We need Jesus in order to see who God is. That's what it means to have the mind of Christ, to be born from above. It says, man, always quoting scriptures. Always in the scriptures, brother. 
<laughs> oh, man. It says, if our gospel is hid, it's hidden to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. When you see that God, that when you see God in the face of Christ, you are born from above. When you when you put your trust in Him, when you can see that as God fathered Jesus, He will also father you. Jesus said, "I come, I seek not my own glory, but there is one who seeks my glory, and His judgment is true." He says, "I am, I am not born of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but I'm born from above. I'm born." God is the one who animates and empowers, excites, infuses His Spirit into us. So, yes, we have a new spirit. We have a new spirit. And the Lord is the Spirit. We see Jesus as the truth about God. That is the new spirit. You want to tell me that a man who is now believing in God and is the very temple of God is not a new creation right now? If that ain't a new creation, I don't know what is. A man that knows God as his father. Nicodemus didn't know God as father. Jesus called God his father and they wanted to kill him. Before Jesus, no man really knew God as father. How is that? Knowing God as father is to be born again, born from above. Just that simple, that simple language. What it means to be God as your father is that you know, the names of, of Jehovah. He is your healer. He is your provider. He is your protector. You know, he is your sufficiency. He is your strength. He is the one who will die before he lets you die. He is the one. He is the father. So, uh, man, just to recap, I want to say two things. Uh Okay, what good is it to be born again in your spirit if your heart still can't trust in God as Father? Mm. Uh, the born from above language, it, it's all through the New Testament. You know, James is talking about the wisdom from above. Paul's talking about Colossians 3, you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ. Seek those things that are above where your life is hidden. Um, and that's just... That's it. When Jesus came out of the resurrection, glorified, and then ascended and seated at the right hand of God, that was a word. That was a truth about mankind because Jesus represented all mankind. And so that word, that spirit has been released into the earth. And so now we're no longer walking, walking in the shadow of death or darkness. Many people are still born from below and they're walking in the shadow of death. But we are walking in the shadow of the resurrection of Christ. And His light lightens our lives. And um, we have been translated. We have been translated from darkness into light. Amen. Um, so the born again message is a message of the cross and the resurrection. Where we're, we're, we die with Him. In baptism and we're raised with him you know into newness of life um in the same way god breathed into adam's nostrils the breath of life god has come again and breathed into our nostrils the spirit of his christ 
where we cry out, Father. So, yeah, the, um, yeah, the, man, I got so much stuff on this. Could do like a part two, I guess. Um, right here, this is it, I'm gonna end with this. Born again from death into life, born out of the dead and translated into life. Born from God being our Father. Born from above where Christ is seated. Born from the cross and the resurrection. Born out of the water and from the Spirit. Born from above is to be, to be alive unto God. We died into Adam and the sin and the wisdom serpent that came in through Adam. And we're born again into Christ. We are born again um, as we behold our face in the face of Jesus. Our lives are animated from above. Oh, one more tidbit. There's only one, there's a few different times, but one of the main, only other times, Jesus says, um, you will not see or enter into the kingdom, he says, unless you become like a little child, you will not see or enter into the kingdom of God. Unless you start over and allow God to now be your father, you will not perceive the kingdom of God. You know, if we have to walk in this world glorifying and justifying our own lives, seeking honor from one another, we'll never be able to believe in God. But when you see that God has honored you in his son, God has given you his very life. God has glorified you. Um, born again in the spirit, in the inner man. Yeah. So to have the mind of Christ is you're a new creation if you have that mind. Because that mind was never before in the earth. So let's pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Um, I pray that people listen to this and go study the scriptures for yourself. Wrestle with God. Talk with God. Start to try to understand um you know, what these things are really being said, you know, the languages throughout all the scriptures. I pray that people would just have understanding and and to enjoy and to enjoy God, enjoy searching the scriptures and uh, how blessed are we for these things. I thank you, God, for this church. I thank you, God, for um, Greg and Becky. Amen.